Like it, it wasn't like for me, it wasn't that bad, but like it was still. Like, oh my god! <laughs> it was a couple times where I like didn't catch words or whatever, but for the most part, it was fine for me. And then I left, and I saw the complaints. Like people were like, "Yo, the movie sound kind of crazy," and I was like, "Oh yeah, I could see that." It was one of those where it was like, I noticed, but I thought it was just like me not being able to hear a couple times, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Yo, bro, exactly I thought I was deaf. I was like, bro, am I losing my hearing? Am I really getting this old? Like, fuck. <laughs> and I have an issue where, like, bro, just embrace it, my guy. <laughs> for real, I never felt that old. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah first and foremost, you are 65. I want you to know that. Like, Shut the fuck be- up. <laughs> yeah, you are you are you are 65. Let's be honest, bro. This little bitch just had a birthday. You fucking middle of your 20s and shit talking spicy. Guys, you you're not Yeah, us young folks like me and Sarah, bro. That's crazy. Off, bro. <laughs> Once you turn 40, you he's like 2 years older than me, bro. Get early nothing. Shit I'm 40 yet. <laughs> nah, you are, nigga, you 2 years older than me, bro. Holy no, shit, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. Nah, what are you? Wait, sauce, hold on. Uh, sauce, what are you? <laughs> hold on, thirty-seven, bro. I'm You're fucking, ninety, aren't you? I'm turning. Damn, wait a minute. Aren't you ninety-ninety? Hold on, I'm turning thirty-four. Uh, in a couple days. Yeah, that's ninety-nine. Yo, son, right? I've been calling you old. Uh, eighty-nine. Eighty-nine. Okay, thirty-three. Yeah. Bro, I've been oh, trying to tell you, I'm not that old. Prince is the oldest <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I thought Prince you were like Prince's a whole thirty-eight, bro. No, they bro. are. Let's be honest, they are. Prince is my big homie. I keep telling you nah, guys, bro. Because, because <laughs> here's the thing: you've been old the whole time I've known you, and when I met you, you must have been like twenty-nine, thirty. So how was you old yeah. then? Like, <laughs> I don't know, bro. Because I, I have a fucking life, bro. I don't know. I, I, I think you've been young. That's the whole thing, bro. <laughs> nah, I'm trying to get married and all that shit. Like, I don't know. Oh, oh, that's some bro. funny shit. I definitely thought you were 36. Like, no no cap at all. I've told you guys so many times. I was born in 89. I've said it, like, a dozen times. And y'all just ignore it and are like, nah, he's 60. crazy. I mean, the fact that your shit start with 8 is crazy. Like, I just want that <laughs> You're to be You're not known. wrong, bro. Wait, hold up. Eight is you, you the last 9 here, bro. You almost in 2000. <laughs> and, he the la- and he in the last 8, but it's still crazy, though. <laughs> This thing is a 99, bro. Listen, you know, <laughs> and I, I don't want to waste nobody's time. You know, Sauce, Sauce and Hungry, they up there. They don't have a lot of time to waste. So Hold on, I'm, not <laughs> Hold on bro. <laughs> Yo. I'm still good, bro. Oh, shit, <laughs> no, bro. you're not. You're not even 30 no more. You're 31. <laughs> no, I'm crazy. not 31 yet. End of the year. End of the year, I'm 31. Oh, okay, so okay, I'm okay, okay, okay. We're fresh 30. <laughs> First thirty, I'll let you live. I'll let you live until you turn thirty-one. Then I'm on you. But no, <laughs> what's good, y'all? Aside from the OFC podcast, I got sauce with me. What's up, sauce? Hey, top of the fucking morning. And I got hungry with me. What's good, hungry? Y'all who hungry? <laughs> and this episode, as you heard from our little audio mix and conversation before it started, is all about across the Spider Verse. And so. I just want to see how many times everybody watched it. Sauce, you watched it once, right? Yeah. And then Hungry, uh, how many times four. you watched it? About to hit five. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> how many times did those were allegedly in the theater? Uh, one was in the theater. The rest allegedly 
I went back to the theater. Home theater. Home theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I understand. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know how we begin to the money, man. You know, uh, AMC in the crib, <laughs> and I watched it twice, both times in the normal theater. Uh, first time I watched it, I'm not gonna lie, I watched it on the little shitty like the matinee theater. Y'all know what I'm talking about? How the theater mm-hmm. might have a little small one. <laughs> that shit yeah, not yeah, IMAX for real. <laughs> Those are nice because sometimes like you'll get there and there there's nobody in there, so it's all it's just you in there. It's like you at home, bro. I was in there alone. I went, it came out on Thursday night, right? Mm-hmm. I went there Friday morning, earliest showing. I thought I was going to the 12, right? But I show up at 11. No, I show up at 12 to go to the 12. And he's like, yo, the 1130, the previews just started. You want to go to that one? I was like, all right, bet. I didn't realize he was sending me to the smaller theater, but whatever. I get in there. I'm the only person there, bro. It was amazing. That's Pete. And it ended up being like two or three other people. I think it was one couple and one other dude in the theater with me, but it was damn near empty. It was beautiful. That's peak. See, those are the best. When you got the whole thing yes. to yourself or like four yes. or five people in there. Because that's, that's how I saw Batman, too. That's how I saw, uh, what is it, Get Out. It was me, my Ooh. boy, me and two of my boys. And then it was just us in there with like three other people. Fire. And it was yeah. nice to have, like, those other people. My bad. It was nice to have those other people just because, like, somebody else was laughing with me, but it wasn't, people weren't doing too much. I wasn't bumping elbows with nobody or anything like that. Exactly. So it was cool. Yeah, I, I watched it uh, Friday, la- last Friday, and uh, there was only one other person in the whole theater with us. It was pretty nice. That is fire. That is super fire. Yeah. Other than um, the sound issues, that shit was tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to go and hear how everybody felt about it. Just like your initial thoughts, especially after the first time you watched it. Like, what was your thoughts walking out of the theater? Either one of y'all. You know, first tight, bro. I <laughs> walked out and I was like, that movie was fucking fire. Like, golly, what? I mean, the first one I walked out, same thing. I was just like, I, I can't believe they did that. Like, and then they to, for them to come back and be like, now we can do you one better. Like I don't know, I don't know what they're supposed to do with this next one. Like they gotta, they have a big mountain to climb. So yeah, I walked out of that that first film showing, son. I was hyped. Like I did not expect. Like I went into it not expecting anything, and it just blew me away even more. Because I knew the first one was good, but this one was like on a completely different level. Like you know, for me, like I know. It's a great movie when I want more of just like the world, like the characters, all that. Just like give me more. And so when when that final scene jumped up, everybody knows the one that like cucks everybody. Like I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Oh this, yeah, oh you, yeah. You can't drop me off like this. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay, full uh disclosure going forward. Super spoiler alert. The movie's been out a week and a half. If you haven't watched now, you're not really trying to watch for real. Yeah. So proceed I love with caution. Spoiler alert after we drop the biggest fucking spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> what? what spoiler did we drop? <laughs> you you talking about us getting cucked at the end, bro. Like that's the biggest I just meant cucked because of the uh, ending scene, bro. That's that like the I mean the, the end credits. Well, spoiler alert. The end credits. <laughs> so that to so be continued, bro. I was pissed, bro. Bro, that was the crazy thing for me. So when I watched it the first time, I was like, 
dang, how much time is left in this movie? But I was so locked in that I was like, I'm not going to check my phone, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm locked in. I'm like, they pull up back to Miles' world. He gets kidnapped. Uh, and I'm not going to get super into that because I want to go through like the earlier parts of the movie. But mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, how is he going to get out of this? And then next thing I know, I see them go suit up to save him. And I'm like, it's over? <laughs> we continue from there? From there? <laughs> I was like, oh, crying. hell yeah, this is about to be fire. It's about to be uh, Gwen's spider team versus Miguel's spider team versus that nigga Prowler. Like, I'm here for it. And they said, nope. I was like, what the fuck? Crazy. And I, I knew I had been in the theater for a minute, but for whatever reason, I just thought, oh, yeah, there must be another hour left of this movie. <laughs> Oh man, which is crazy because the movie is long. I think it's like two hours and a couple, two hours and change. I think it's like two hours sixteen, so, right? Yeah, something like that. So it's not a that short. It's not a three hour movie by any means. It I was yeah. ready for three hours. Feel like that shit though. Like honestly, no. when I when I was in there, I didn't check my phone or anything, but I was just watching, and I was like, "Yeah, we've been in here for a minute, but like, you can't end like this." And <laughs> I saw everything <laughs> like start slowing down. I was like, "Oh nah, bro, not like this." <laughs> <laughs> oh man i was broken i could not believe that shit bro no it's but i think all of us can agree that was one of the better maybe the best movie i've seen this year um one of the better animated movies i've ever seen probably the best animated movie i've ever seen mm-hmm. definitely yeah, the best that. spider-man movie i've ever seen absolutely like the best Spider-Man. a good amount <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I would say like a good amount personally, because I think that the second best is the first movie, which is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's fucking. But those two movies are just a mile ahead of the other Spider Mans, bro. I'm sorry. Like, correct, I love correct. those live action Spider Man movies, and I especially like the Tom Holland ones. But that shit, and I love, like, I'm a diehard fan of Spider Man 2, the OG. Like, I still think yeah. that's one of the best superhero movies ever. But that Agreed. fucking Spider Verse shit is insane bro they go so dumb hard for no reason the whole time now do you guys think because it's animated they have a lot more like room to to play with because like with live action you can't really do too much with like real stuff uh like cgi because it might look a little weird yeah yeah you got a lot more like comic book whimsy and comic book like bending the rules that you yeah. can do with an animated format, of course. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there's just so much more care put into these movies than the rest of the Spider-Man films and the rest of most superhero films in just making it feel like this shit jumped off a comic book page. And obviously that's so much easier in animation. Not easier, but so much more possible in animated than it is in live action. But it's so appreciated. Like, they don't have to do... They didn't have to go so hard as to like in the first movie when Miles got bit, he thought he started thinking and like speech bubbles or thought bubbles would come up behind him mm-hmm. while he was thinking. Like they didn't have to go that hard, but they always go the extra mile with these. And that's the part that is super lit to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh I think they definitely have an easier time, you know, using the source material, but I do think that they have a hard time in getting everybody to buy in, right? And that's the thing is like this movie does both so well. Obviously we're comic mm-hmm. book fans 
or just fans of like superheroes so we're willing to give them some rope but a lot of people just don't like animated shit like especially the style of animation that's in these movies which is not like the way a lot of us grew up on comic book uh shows right mm. like these ones all subvert all those expectations and there's silly shit in it that's like it pushes it but for whatever reason they are so good at understanding like i can only give you this much like i know if i give you any more you're gonna tap out you're not gonna like this like that that was my issue with the pig in the first movie i was like they're not gonna be able to pull this shit off and then they were like all right <laughs> we'll give you just enough so it's funny but it doesn't stay around long enough to get annoying and i was like that that's it like it's it's a really tough balance and they understand that balance so fucking well nice little call back mm -hmm. to miguel where he's like uh i've had just the right amount of you right? yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so beautiful <laughs> but yeah it's crazy it's crazy because like looking at the first movie and this movie like the first movie when i came out of it i was like wow i didn't expect them to do that it was more like like i was surprised at this at what they've made with this one it was like holy shit i just want more and so it's like two different distinct feelings, but like still for them to because correct me if I'm wrong. I think they created a whole new like animation style just for this. Is it like that? Was yeah, like they a, definitely did. It's a totally different looking movie. And which isn't is it funny. like comic book? Like like they actually have like the stamp of approval for the co like comic books or something like that. Yeah, both of the movies start with that. Yeah. Um, approved so, by the Comics Code Authority. Yeah. And so like. Oh, okay getting like i remember the first one like, i had to get my eyes adjusted to it because i think like the the animation like how it was animated was a little jarring to me but once it got adjusted i was i was locked in but yeah like to be able to improve on that is crazy to me yeah yeah you know what i really liked in this movie um that landed in the last movie but it just wasn't the same this movie is so funny sometimes like yeah there are so many like just good jokes that hit like miles is dynamic with his parents or when he shows up late to the parent teacher conference or like the first fight with spot. Like there's just so many parts of the movie that are just hilarious, like laugh out loud, funny. The and one the that had me crying was there were the, some uh, funny parts, but not was the comic book Spider-Man where he's like, oh, okay, I got him. And then you just see him like paneling away. It's like, Nope. Don't oh got yeah. Him. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Or like the Metro Boomer Spider-Man, he was like, <laughs> "We got." <laughs> oh, is that who you're saying? No, it was, no, or... it was the one before that. But Metro Boomer was funny too. He was, he was like, "All right, there's <laughs> nowhere else to run." <laughs> he jumps out the window. Like, ah, uh, my bad, guys. There was <laughs> so that good. one killed me. Oh man. But yeah, I to get into like the story of it all. I felt like the first one. I think that. We talked about this before, but I feel like comic books where they or not comic books, but comic book movies or superhero stories where they have to tell the origin story are kind of at a disadvantage to ones where we don't have to like you don't have to make me care about this character. So now you can do whatever you want with them. And I think that this movie is a really good example of that because we know Miles now. We love Miles. And so we can just kind of see we know what his ethos is so we can put him in different situations and we don't have to justify it to the audience. And I think that was my favorite part of this movie where Miles is just like a dude. He's just cool. Like, and he's not like overly anything. He's not like a caricature of anybody. He's just himself. And I think that throwing him into all these different situations, we still had a gauge of how he would react. 
Mm. And so I think that's a big thing that this movie had over the first one. Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> I think that that part was really sick. I think they got a lot better with the colors as well, like expressing mm-hmm. emotion via just using colors and lighting and stuff. Um, it's like it's a very small thing that adds so much impact. Like uh, I, I know that in Gwyn's world, especially all of their it's like very pastel and their their emotions color things. But seeing yeah. it all laid out and like how often you could see her be sad and then like the way the small moments would brighten up her whole life was like it's so impactful every time you see it that like final hug with her and her dad i was just like bro that shit was beautiful like they just yeah, they understand sure. playing with that medium so well and then their character development is just so good like finally seeing what Gwen's going through and making her like a more fleshed out character as opposed to just the romantic interest. Not that she was only that in the first movie, but like she was more of a romantic interest in that one. And now she's like a fully fledged character that we can see her motivations. We can really see the shit that she had to go through. Um, Her little scene with like Miles when she finally comes back and they're like sort of talking about if they would work kind of thing uh mm-hmm. like it, it felt so natural and real between those two characters it's mm-hmm. really impressive how well they've told that story without it being like an overbearing eh, romance kind of thing like <laughs> really nice. agreed and then for me like the parent aspect like it really felt like miles was like a real person just because of how his parents interact with him and like you could tell like it didn't feel like those old like, where the parents were like, yeah, I'm just kind of around kind of thing. It looked like they were actually active in his life from the yeah. beginning all the way to the end. And, like, it really felt like they were actually parents because, like, am I doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? And then every time Rio talked to him, like, you could – it almost – like, it really felt like she that was her her son. And Like, she, she really loved trying him, to loved fig- Exactly. Like, she was trying to figure out, should I push him away? Should I keep him close? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do because this is my first child. And, like, I don't want to lose him kind of thing. So, like – they handled each character perfectly in my eyes. Yeah, definitely. And to go back to the Gwen part that Sauce was talking about, if you really think about it, this is kind of Gwen's movie. Gwen is the person who like goes through the beginning conflict, conflict resolution in this movie because Miles' conflict has to be resolved in the next one. So right. instead of just giving us a story that one single story that cuts off of the two be continued which would have pissed people off way more i think the fact that gwen's story gets resolved within the course of this movie really helps to make it feel like its own movie you know yeah Daniels does yeah essentially yeah exactly exactly (laughs) yeah exactly because that's what you have to do that in these two-part movies in my opinion or else people just feel like blue balls to the max like Mm -hmm. obviously we felt some blue balls because we want to know how the story ends but we got a story in this instead of half of one. Yeah. We got, I guess it was like a story and a half type of thing. Yeah. But uh, I'm trying to think I, of what else I really loved in this. I really, <laughs> people didn't like Ben Riley's character. I didn't know there were so many Ben Riley super fans. The Clone Saga is like people's least favorite Spider Man arc. <laughs> so I don't know why people were like super, super into Ben Riley. I know for the 90s kids, he was Spider Man for like a year, but still. Yeah. Bro, I'm a 90s kid. I thought he was funny. No, he was not. 
Like, it was funny, sorry, bro. Like, that shit was I wasn't funny. mad about that. It yeah, was funny, it, though. It, it was, was a 90s great way. <laughs> yeah, it was a great way also to put in, like, it, it was the perfect role for Andy. That fool killed yeah. it. Like, it, they basically were like, here, this is a role that I know you can play. Just go kill it. And he did. Every single time he was on the screen, I was fucking laughing, bro. That shit was hilarious. You know who, who also reminded really me of? Oh, sorry, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. If, oh, if I was just so, going to say Nick Cage from the first one. My bad. Oh, okay. I was going to say Nick Cage from the first one. Oh, uh, who yeah, is Spider-Man yeah. Noir. It's that same type of thing where it's like, here's your gimmick. You're going to kill this. Go kill it. Yeah, yeah, just go hit this. Yeah. I love it. But what I was going to say, gonna say uh, like, the actor who played the spot, like, his transition from, like, quirky, I don't know, really know what I'm doing, to, like, actually menacing. Like, I don't, like... I've heard, who is I know where he's from, but I can't remember where. It was a Jason. Something. What do you mean? He was in another oh, one, another yeah, movie that yeah, I really yeah. liked. Uh, it was I can't remember either. Scott Pilgrim. That's what it was. He was a villain in oh, Scott right. Pilgrim. Oh right, he was. Yeah, and that like just like he plays villain extremely well. Like I don't I don't understand why don't they don't make him a villain even more. But like just perfect casting. Yeah, I, I yeah. Uh, I think it's kind of kind of interesting that they went and took like a character like spot who like i don't like spot i'm gonna be honest i don't know like nobody character. liked spot like that right <laughs> but to like make him this super menacing like multiverse threatening character and the way he like his whole like you could see the moment where he decided i'm i have to do this like i have to be the worst right like i have to attain this power to prove to miles that i am a threat you could see all that character development for the villain that's kind of silly and they even acknowledge it's a dumb villain at the beginning right like when he's first yeah, they call him a villain a of villain. the week <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just like they insult him they give him everything like bad and you can see him take all of that and be like i have to be better right and you get to see that growth in one movie where it doesn't feel rushed at all like he's yeah. just on for a while you see people kind of watching him and then you see the like slow growth and the slow uh attaining of power and you know he's smart like we know he's the fucking scientist that brought the the spider so it's like you know this guy could figure it out pretty quickly it's just crazy to see that they took this guy and they found the perfect casting for him because Jason Schwartzman fucking killed it and they just were like go go run with it dude go be fucking menacing at the very end he is so terrifying super like, he's super genuinely the craziest villain and he's spot like his name is spot what the fuck are we talking about he's named <laughs> after a dog no. bro like bro 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 the thing is if you're not like a comic book fan or you didn't watch the 90s cartoon when they like say he's a villain of the week or like they don't take him seriously, I can't remember a Spider-Man media that took him super seriously. Like even in the animated uh, cartoon, he's really just a tool for the other villains to get portal, essentially portal guns, right? And so that was like one of the storylines was like Green Goblin took a Mary Jane into a portal that was created because Spot could create portals. But he's never been like this super menacing threatening character and so to take one of those characters and turn them into this i always think is really cool it's like why i always give the mcu credit for taking the original characters that they had license for and turning them into a-list characters because they were not um so that was another thing i loved about this movie yeah 
Um, we we've we've talked a lot about this movie and the good things. I I need to bring up a bad thing, and that's the fucking sound no. mixing, bro. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, we were talking it, about it a little bit in the beginning, but go, yeah, we go gotta on, go we on, gotta go really on. fucking talk about this because I understand that sound is difficult, but sound was so crucial in the first movie, and it was beautiful. Like it had it added so much impact. The way they used music was so good. This movie, it felt like every time music would come up it was like a hard cut out of the music to like give you whatever the character's saying and it's so quiet every time it's like they turn the volume down like i sat in that theater and i'm not i'm old bro but i'm not going deaf yet and most movies are loud i just went to watch little mermaid same theater and i could hear this bitch hallie singing from like two theaters down when i went to the bathroom in the middle of that fucking movie i was like i can't believe i can still hear her this is crazy this this spider-man movie i i could have walked out i could have been up the stairs to like leave or whatever and i would have stopped hearing the movie because this shit was so quiet what mm. the fuck is happening like what have they done and i hope the new one is better i want to go see the i want to go find a theater that has whatever the new mixing is the new mix because holy shit dude like gwen's intro where she's kind of talking quietly and they play music and then turn down the music so she can talk i couldn't hear half that intro and i was like bro I can't, I can't live like this. Like, I want to know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, there were some problems. Like when they were, uh, when Miles and Gwen were swinging. Like I remember hearing the music coming in and coming out, coming in and coming out. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that could be they done also, better. They also, um, and I'm not, I'm gonna give them slack because it's an animated film, and it is Spider-Man who always talks in the middle of fighting and stuff. But there is a serious lack of impact because nobody gets affected in the middle of their speech there's a part where gwen gets kicked in the middle of talking and continues talking like nothing happened you can't do that (laughs) you you can't do that to me bro like i know you guys are better than that i know that these movies like these animated movies understand you have to add some realism to like grunts and and like you know gasping for breath things like that and there are moments where you get that impact but there's too many moments where they're just like doing normal shit and talking like it's nothing as outside of fucking uh miguel who is like the most intense motherfucker the whole time like that (laughs) he knew the assignment no i love miguel's character just throughout the movie that shit fucking monster bro i think that his performance is going to be looked at as like the glue that holds this movie together just as much as like I said, Gwen was, I think that especially if the second movie nails what I hope it does, I think his performance is going to be looked at as one of those like great villain or antagonist performances in these types of movies. Cause they set it up super well. And what's the actor's name? Oh my gosh. Oscar Isaac. Um, Oscar Isaac. He killed it. He killed every single part. He killed like the, the sad parts where he was telling his backstory, he killed the chase scenes where like where he grabs Miles or like he's chasing Miles on the on the upward train and he yells his name. I was like, yo, he's really pissed. Like, <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> and I mean, some of it has to do with the way they animated him. I feel like he is the most expressive looking character pretty much in the entire movie. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. And so that was super awesome. Uh, the way he was animated was dope. But the thing I want to get to is, actually, there's two things. So I'll start with this. Uh, Hungry was telling me before in pre-production that he has a gripe with Miguel, but it could, it's conditional. So put me on to yeah, that. Yeah, so 
Well, I think it might ch- uh, uh, might tie into the first first thing. You were, so you want to do that first? Me. Well, we can do them kind of both together. So, okay. like, I know the internet was like a storm with was Miguel right? Is Miguel wrong? So I'm kind of torn in between that because, like, everything in the movie's telling you he's wrong, but if you look at the actual evidence, he might be right depending on how the next movie goes. So he mm-hmm. says that like if you're if you're an anomaly in a in a universe for too long or well it doesn't really describe how long but if you're not allowed me in the universe it can destroy the whole universe and so you see him in his universe being destroyed and you see when miles goes into Moonbatten, like although it's not the exact same way it's being destroyed it's still possibly being destroyed and they haven't kind of closed that loop so to speak mm-hmm. and so as of right now everything's pointing in miguel's direction even though the movie's trying to tell you that it's wrong so that's where i'm kind of torn on everything so i think they give you like personally my take on it is they give you a little bit of a tease to the fact that or they give you enough i should say like context clues to put up to to put like uh holes in miguel's theory right Mm -hmm. like one miguel doesn't really acknowledge the fact that despite being an anomaly uh miles didn't collapse his universe and mm-hmm. nothing has happened yet in his universe that has caused the collapse right now now you could say spot potentially is the next part of that anomaly but regardless we know that miles is an anomaly because he was bitten by a spider he shouldn't have been bitten by and the peter of that world died in response to it right but that means that miles doesn't really follow the rules of the spider-verse anymore like you can't just assume that everything is going to happen the same for miles like it does everyone else right so there Mm -hmm. is a world where it does happen that way like clearly we can see from what spot shows us that like there's a there's a prophecy there's a future where miles has to encounter the same heartbreak that the rest of the spider-man did but he's already proven that an anomaly can exist in the spider-verse and not destroy everything so why would he ever believe that he has to follow that rule there's nothing that tells us that he does right everything about miles tells us he doesn't so it only stands to reason that potentially his universe doesn't function the same or at least his spider-man uh path doesn't function the same like the rest of spider-man's because miguel even tells him to his face you weren't supposed to be spider-man but he is mm-hmm. and nothing is nothing bad has happened from him being spider-man yet like universe or multiverse ride wide right like granted uh, earth 42 has its own issues now because it doesn't have a spider-man but his universe and that universe exist and they're not destroyed right. exactly and so that's why that's why like i'm torn because if in the next if in the next movie you see earth 42 go down and then they're about to see Earth, uh, what is it? What was it? Sixteen ten. Sixteen ten. Sixteen ten. Yeah. So if you see Earth sixteen ten going down, then it's like, oh shit, Miguel might be right. But what I'm thinking is, Lord and Miller probably not gonna have it have this end in a doom and gloom thing. So most likely, uh, Miles is gonna be right, Miguel's gonna be wrong. But right. Yeah. And I, think, and I guess I, I should ask you guys the. Let me ask you guys the question outright that I wanted to ask. Do either of you think that they're that canon events are real? Like that the canon events are real. And then secondary to that, do you think that Miguel knows the canon of every universe? I think, canon, I think canon events are real. I don't think Miguel knows the canon of every universe. Facts. I don't think that's possible. So yeah. I agree. 
I agree. I think canon events are real. And I think Miles already went through his canon event with the death of Peter Parker. Right. I I agree. See? I think his his uh, canon event was Peter Parker's death. Mm-hmm. My thing is, I don't know if canon events exist as Miguel places them. You know, to where every Spider-Man has to deal with this sort of loss in this way and this thing. Because, like, to me, the message of the movie is that there's no one specific way to be Spider-Man. There's no one specific Spider-Man story that is lorded as canon. I think they use that word canon very specifically to kind of say, to kind of, like, stick it to the comic book nerd essentially racist i'm gonna say it the racists who are like you know miles can't be spider-man blah 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 blah. i think that that word canon is used very specifically to kind of say i'm a writer i can write the stories i want to write about the characters i want to write and it doesn't have to follow all of these rules right miguel is kind of the stand-in for the for the neckbeard comic fan quote unquote you know well yeah so i think I think you. I think that's the anomaly point that uh, Miles won't follow the canon, right? I think that when you when he lays it out and you see everything and you see that moment, it's it's your um, with great power comes great responsibility moment, right? Every Spider-Man has that canon moment where they have the realization of how important their job is and that they can't save everyone, right? That is like true amongst the Spider-Mans. That is a canon event, but I mm-hmm. don't think that Miles falls into the canon and that's what's going to be different, right? Like, that's why I don't think Miguel has the ability to know everybody's canon because I do think that the universe adjusts for whatever happens. And that's the part that he's not ready to deal with. He thinks, he, he thinks like mathematically about everything, right? One plus mm-hmm. one equals two only. And then you have and Miles. And he's coping, bro. He's right, coping. And he's coping hard, right? He's <laughs> Projection the out the thing, ass, bro. <laughs> that's the only thing that keeps him steady is that if he goes one plus one equals two, then my kid had to die and I had to go through this mm. because one plus one equals two. And then you have Miles who said uh, one plus one does not equal two at all, actually. Yeah, and it definitely doesn't have to, right? Like, and I guess it's also like a point on like free will and it's a trolley problem for Spider-Man in general. Where it's like, I uh, actually, if you go to the OFC account, I argue with a guy about this on Twitter, because people were basically trying to figure out, like, if Spider-Man would try to save one person, if it meant that a universe would be destroyed. Well, I think that most Spider-Man stories I've read have had issues like that or conflicts like that. And Peter's just like, no, 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 I can save both. I can do both. Like, even in the first Spider-Man movie, there's, a like, the first Raimi movie. Yeah, the New Goblin York uh, is Bridge. holding. Yeah, so and he's Mary holding Jane literally a cable like call. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the words are, protect the woman you love or let suffer the children. I think that's what he says. Yeah, anyway, like Spider-Man saved both. Like, that's the whole, <laughs> like, the ethos of the character. It doesn't matter what's possible, what he's told can be done. Like, a true Spider-Man is going to try to save everyone at the cost of himself, at the cost of maybe being wrong. He's not going to let people die. Exactly. And, like, back to the canon point, like, I think, like you said, Miguel is, like, a stand-in for people being mad because he didn't go through those specific canon events, but I think he still did go through those canon events. They just weren't the way people wanted them to be because he lost Peter Parker, then he also lost his uncle, and both of those 
two moments cannot or quote unquote canonize them into saying, okay, I have to do, I have to be smart with what I'm doing. I have to be able to try and save as many people as I can, so that way people don't feel the same hurt that I went through. Which is basically what every Spider-Man says to themselves after their canon events. Yeah, and upon a rewatch of the first movie, I think that another like moment or another part that made Miles feel that like great responsibility point was seeing all the other spiders seeing specifically Peter B say, yo, I'm gonna stay behind and I'm down to die for this, blah, blah, blah. It's like he already made a promise to Peter, I guess you could call him Peter A. Parker, the blonde one, mm-hmm. that he would shut the collider down himself. And so it wouldn't just be failing one Peter who he already feels like he kind of failed by letting die. It would be failing another one. And I think that that was kind of closer to his canon event because that's when he learned to use his powers on command. That's when he could use the invisibility and the venom blast on command. And it was also like right before he went back to Aunt May and got his suit and had the whole what's up danger scene and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I really feel like the point that this movie and the next movie are going to try to hammer home is that being Spider-Man does not have to follow <laughs> these specific points for any of the Spider-Man. And I think we're going to be introduced to some Spider-Man later that uh, didn't follow this, you know? Oh, that'd be nice. They jump into a, That's my read. another universe and find other Spider-Man that said, yeah, we're not doing yeah, this. Yeah, because there's, like, there's some like significantly missing Spider-Man. And I think since it's going to be the last one, they're going to pull out like a 616 Spider-Man or like... This is the one true Spider-Man, maybe. But either way, I think there are some Spider-Men that are missing that just would not agree with Miguel. And those ones are going to be the ones to kind of bring the story full circle of just these can- this canon event shit is dumb. That would we be a great way to bring in a, a Tom Holland Spider-Man or how do you they explain want one of the Tony Parker? Mubatan, then? I think that's spot shit. I think that's spot shit. I think that it looking so visually different from what Miguel saw is an indicator. Because, like, Miguel's universe ending was just, like, everybody kind of, like, almost endgame poofing away, where they, like, glitched out and they just disappeared. But in Mumbatan, it was stuff falling into a black hole But after a character he... that makes a bunch of black holes leaving. Right, but when he, when he talks about the stuff that happens, he he implied that he's seen this before. Yeah, and I just, I don't know if that was a broad strokes thing or what, but I really don't think that that was the universe getting destroyed. It didn't look like a universe-destroying event. Like, even the visual language of the universe-destroying event in the first movie of the Collider, the way that it made the city look and the way that it made the city glitch out was more consistent with how Miguel's world um got destroyed then a black hole and stuff sinking into it that just didn't look like a universe destroying event to me that's fair i think yeah uh, so that's fine i I do think you're gonna get people who disagree with miguel and they'll they'll be like spider-man we haven't seen but i don't necessarily think it'll be they disagree because their canon is different I think that they will simply disagree because it goes against Spider-Man. Like the credo of being Spider-Man is to save everybody, right? Like, mm-hmm. or to at least try. And they're implying, don't even try. Yeah, exactly. You have to let this happen. 
that's crazy. Yeah. Like the minute he said that, I was like, there's no fucking shot. He believe like he's not Spider-Man. He's the number one not Spider-Man, and he has a whole gang of not Spider-Mans because you can't you can't believe that. Yeah, that's not that's literally not Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, like I think that is really gonna be the moral of the story and the thing that Miguel has to deal with is that uh in his like you know urge to cope so badly with what happened to him he stopped being spider-man and he has now influenced so many other people to not be spider to not be spider-man oh and i feel like we would be be doing this movie a total disservice if we did not talk about hobie who oh my god what a monster the realest nigga in the movie you already know (laughs) my favorite thing actually this is my entire favorite thing about the movie is that hobie and spider bite did not know Miles from a blade of grass and they held him down. That's my fuck. That's the squad. I love him. Both yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, they, I, the guy who plays Hobie is Daniel Kalu or whatever, right? The dude yeah, yeah, yeah. Kabi in Black Panther, which again, this movie is riddled with fucking people who are in other Disney slash Marvel properties. So sick. Mm-hmm. But the like how he sounds and it just sounds so natural for him is nuts yeah isn't that so his real voice slang. i don't know I don't essentially know i don't know it's closer talking. yeah i think he's putting on an accent of another region that you know because he's he's from the uk i just don't know if he's cockney yeah. and he's putting on a cockney accent yeah but that shit is crazy like it sounds perfect he doesn't sound like he's putting on at all he sounds so comfortable in the role like the way they play with what's going on with him and gwen but they don't ever give you any actual information is so fire dude like everything about about the introduction of that character that character being like miles clearly doesn't like him for unfair reasons and then by the end it's like this fool is gonna hold you down though he doesn't give a fuck son it was like 10 seconds in too it was like he stole his thunder when he told him to use his palm and he broke the little like the force field for the collider on Mumbai. And after that, Miles was like, yo, this is the guy. I love him. Yeah, Because <laughs> right crazy. after that, they go and he's like, you're even cooler under the mask. And I was like, yes, Miles, he is cooler under the mask. But yeah, um, yeah I just really appreciated him and how he was like, he was really expressly there to help Miles and to not right. let Miles get because he knew he knew he's Miles Spider-Man. is like predicament. Yeah, he's, he's Spider Man. Like in through in throughout that whole movie, there are two people who are Spider Man the whole time, and it is Miles and Spider Punk, and that shit is insane because he, he when they introduce him, it feels like a joke. Not like a joke, but it, yeah. it doesn't feel like he should be that important. But he's the one dude who's like, nah, I don't fuck with Miguel, by the way. And I don't fuck <laughs> with this concept, by the way. I just need to make sure you know that. Yeah, like, and I need to make crazy. sure you're good, right? Yeah, like, and I need you to know. All this yeah, I need you to know I'm here for you. I got your back. I'm giving you the codes. Like, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to get you out of here. But you don't belong here. Like, his, yeah, this is not here was where you like, need to be. Yeah, exactly. His you don't belong here was you are Spider-Man. You don't belong here. Not like you shouldn't be one of us. You're not cool enough. And at first they kind yeah. of play it like you don't really know. And then by the end, it's like, oh, shit, he really is on Miles' side because he's Spider-Man. He understands that this whole concept is fucked up. Yeah, exactly. And I just thought that the way that even like when he told Spider-Man or Spider-Man, when he told Miles, um, you can make your own watch. 
You know, you don't have to be with these people and wait for them to affirm you as who you already are, essentially. You can make it yourself. You can do it yourself. You don't have to wait for the rest of these people to crown you Spider-Man, you know? And that was kind of the point of the first movie, too, where they all the other Spider-People are telling him, you're not ready, you're not ready, you're not ready, until he is. But in this one, he was ready the whole time. They were kind of right in the first movie, but he's Spider-Man the whole time, like you said. So right. that was really one of the best performances or, like, most well-written characters in this entire movie full of super well-written characters. And he's not really around as much as you think he is for as much of the runtime as you think he is. Cause like the whole second half of the movie, he's pretty much gone, but he made such a big impact that it just sticks around, you know? And he was still influencing while he was gone. Cause yeah, exactly. As soon as he left the, the spider hub, he went to Gwen's universe, dropped off that thing. And then probably went to a few other universes, dropped off some others. Yeah. I think and he's going to have a bigger part movie. in the next movie. I hope so. I really hope so. I think he'll be part of uh, Gwen's like gang of people to save uh, Miles, so I think he'll get a much bigger part. Yeah. I think Shout out to my girl Penny. <laughs> yeah, the positive reception is definitely... But I think they gotta be done with this movie, right? If it's coming out in 10 months. Well, so that's the thing. Um, the girl who did the voice for Gwen said she hadn't recorded oh, any lines yeah, Haley Steinfeld? Yeah, she said she hadn't recorded any lines yet for Gwen in the new movie. Now, I don't know if I believe her, because I think that they probably did all of the voice recording for the movie in one sitting. Like, not one sitting, but, like, doing the... One production period. One production, yeah. Yeah. And I think they just realized how big the movie was going to get and split it in half. Yeah. That makes more sense, because why would they spend four years on one movie and then one year on another? Exactly. I, that's why I think they like I get that the chase scene was crazy and required tons and tons of editing and animation. I get that. Like that scene is so nuts. But there's no way that you did four years of this movie and are going to put are confident you can put out a new one in one year. There's no way. So, you yeah, there's done the whole they're thing. Done. They got to be. Yeah, I think, and I don't know if Haley just didn't understand or she was capping. <laughs> I think she. Or maybe, yeah. maybe they finished all of like the production. They just need to do all the voice recording. The voice. Yeah, and that can be done and mixed in quickly. Yeah, not quickly, but within the next six months or whatever. Or maybe they Probably treated her like that. Tom Holland, and they didn't trust this bitch, so they didn't let her record any of her stuff. Yet. <laughs> well, that so, could be true as well. Can we talk about all the people who are in like six different Marvel shit? We got Bro, Oscar Isaac, Oscar? Haley Steinfeld, Daniel. What's Haley in? She's a Hawk Hawkeye's girl, the okay. new Hawkeye. And what's Oscar Isaac? Just run me Oscar, through everything. Oscar Isaac is Moon Knight, and he's in. Oh Star yeah, Wars. yeah. And he was in. Uh, he was in one of the Fox. Not oh, Fox, he was Apocalypse. Yeah, in X Men. Yeah, he was yeah, Apocalypse. Oh shit! Shit, bro. Yeah. What okay. the range, bro? The range. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's the only person to have been in every type of Marvel um, movie. Like yeah, Fox, Sony, yeah. oh, shit. Disney. So, yeah. Uh, who yeah. else is in multiple shits? Daniel is in Black Daniel. Panther. Mm-hmm. And this. Um, I feel like I'm missing one or two more people. Yeah, there's um, definitely one more. I just can't remember. Donald Glover is in oh, Homecoming. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, he was yeah, more of like a cameo. Yeah. Uh, Dope Pinder. <laughs> yeah, and he's he was cameo. in Deadpool. He's a uh, oh. Dope Pinder. Uh, he was the oh, Indian oh, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's who it was. Another goat. Another goat. By the way, that's so, my guy right Spider-Man, there. Great Spider Man, bro. Great Spider Man. <laughs> Should I get up? I work out a little, but not too not, much because uh... I don't want to get too buff. <laughs> bro, his hair. Oh my god. <laughs> Your hair's just like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was hard, bro. He's like coconut genetics, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. It was so fucking hard, dude. I swear. Wait, Chai he's the only Spider-Man that's just super happy. Bro, I <laughs> love, like I love that they go into that world and Miles is so jealous. And then immediately, <laughs> he's just like, I got a girlfriend and I love her. And it's just like, oh, shit. You know yeah, Miles immediately Miles. felt like an asshole, bro. <laughs> I'd be crying so, and throwing up. <laughs> for real. The great jokes, oh brother. God. Miles talking about the ATM machine. Why do they say ATM machine? machine. Yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. God. The and then Dopefinder says chai tea. Chai tea. And then what was the other one? Uh, it was chai tea and... Uh, non-bread? Was a, non-bread? Yeah, non-bread. <laughs> Oh, I also, I love that like they show you that they give you all of that uh, hilarious moments and then the first time you see Peter B Parker stand next to Miguel he's just like why aren't you funny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she actually, Peter B Parker was my favorite character in this whole bro, thing one of my favorites funny dude like oh my god when he's talking to Miles and he tells him that the only reason he had a kid was because of Miles mm-hmm. I was like yeah, that that punched me in the fucking heart, bro. Was like, was like, yo, Miguel, you think you can take a selfie with me and my daughter? And then she hits it <laughs> with the fucking spider thing. I was like, oh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> this was hard. Oh. He's great. Oh, He's like, I can't. I love that that actor. Um, like he just plays that char- that kind of character so well. But like his genuine moments feel so real just because of the way he speaks. Like. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to Miles every time. It felt like he understood that he's like Miles' dad in a way. And yeah. he also appreciates that like Miles changed him for the better because he was doomed before that. Like he hated being Spider-Man before Miles made him like being Spider-Man. And it's not even it's it's crazy because he still doesn't even like it doesn't really seem like he likes to be Spider-Man. Bro, he, he doesn't like, put the mask on the whole movie. Yeah, he is not all, really bro. trying to be Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He likes being with Miles. He likes being around Miles. He likes the mm-hmm. energy that that guy brings because Miles is so happy to be Spider-Man and no one else around him is happy to be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like that is yeah. that is the deep thing that like is crazy when you watch that movie. There are thousands of Spider-Man and none of them like being Spider-Man like Miles. Like that's crazy. Not even Spider-Punk who's clearly happy to like be around and be jamming he'd be much happier if he could just play music i guarantee you like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if he could just carry out his punk shit he doesn't even call himself like a hero and he i don't know if he ever really calls himself spider-man but he doesn't he doesn't he yeah, he yeah. himself by his name and refers to himself by his name the only reason yeah. you know he's spider-man is because he wears a fucking mask that's it <laughs> yeah exactly so i think that and it's funny because Miles in the, especially in the comics, he did not want to be Spider-Man at all, right? Because the first thing Spider or Miles sees when he gets spider powers is Peter die, right? Mm-hmm. He sees Peter die. Then he decides to take up the mantle after he meets Mary Jane and Gwen. And then his mom gets smoked and he spends like a year not being Spider-Man. 
because his mom got killed and he's beefing with his dad. Anyway, the point I'm making is in the first movie, he also didn't really want to be Spider-Man. Like, uh, Peter A says, you're like me. And Miles answers, I don't want to be. <laughs> and so it's dope that in this movie, he really kind of came into who he was as Spider-Man and accepts that role and like cherishes it and relishes it while the rest of them are just kind of bound by responsibility only and they're just doing it to like avenge who not avenge but make up for the mistakes and losses that they allowed to happen i think it's beautiful yeah i agree um oh last thing we got any i told you guys what i think is going to happen in terms of extra spider-man and who is the real and who is the fake in terms of that and my other prediction is that Rio Morales might die. That might be my other prediction. Yeah, I think uh, I think that he's going to save his dad and lose his mom because of it. Yeah. Because I figure out uh I think ultimately um they're going to hurt Miles, right? Like there I don't think there's any I don't think there's any resolution to the story without Miles being hurt again, uh, which is kind of unfortunate. It'd be nice, like it'd be a, a a big swerve if Miles manages to walk out with both parents at the end of the next movie. I just don't see it. That would be so good, and I it would be so good because then like I really personally like want the canon event thing to be kind of shattered, just because of what it represents and what it means narratively. And I don't want these fucking nerds to be able to hold on to, yeah, see, Spider-Man does need tragedy to figure out who he is. Like, he can't be a hero without that. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. (laughs) But, yeah, I do think that it's going to be hard to give this thing any weight without Rio dying. And also, their story is kind of... Their story is kind of done. You know, she spent this movie... like his dad still doesn't really know what to do with him, but the mom, she kind of said everything she needed to say. She's kind of had that impact on his life that she needed to have. So killing her off wouldn't feel like a narrative, like wouldn't give me narrative dissonance. Yeah. They basically set up this whole movie. Like she was going to die. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's interesting because um, I remember when we did the uh, third spider, Tom Holland, Spider-Man movie, and you were very dead set on his life needing to be ruined by the end so he could really be Spider-Man, right? Because he had everything going for him and everything great. And he didn't have to deal with all the same, like, canon events, essentially, that uh, all the other Spider-Men go through. And I think it's funny that you don't want Miles to go through those things now to destroy the idea of a canon event. Like, and I, I, I'm not yeah, saying... Yeah, like, because part of it, okay... But I, well, I real quick, real be, quick, I'm not yeah, I'm, real yeah. quick. I'm not saying like it's not you being consistent. I think it's interesting because this movie, I think these movies make you feel that way personally. Like to me, yeah. I'm with you. I want him to walk out with both his parents, and I want him to destroy the canon event. But I just think it's funny because I know I was so hard against the idea of like ruining Tom Holland's life. And now I'm sitting here like, <laughs> you can't ruin Miles' life, bro. <laughs> like he's working <laughs> so hard, dude. Yeah, and really my issue with Tom Holland's character isn't even that his life didn't suck. I played into that for jokes, and like to an extent, I do feel like Peter Parker's life can never be super together. But the reason that I feel that way is because Spider-Man and Peter Parker are two humans. 
they are two people with entirely different lives and they happen at the same time. And that never ends up like the best Spider-Man stories are always when Peter Parker's life and Spider-Man's life coincide in a way where one of them has to sacrifice. And it's always going to be Peter Parker who has to sacrifice. So Peter, Tom Holland getting bailed out by every character in the MCU, especially Tony fucking Stark, who was like, yeah, I guess you live in like a shabby apartment, but Tony Stark is going to handle it. You're never at risk of anything bad happening. You never had to get a job. To, he never had a job the whole trilogy. Fucking Zendaya had a job and he didn't. Like, it was just too many things were against Tom Holland having any sort of responsibility. And so that's what I enjoyed about um, his Aunt May dying, that was kind of his like great responsibility moment that he hadn't had leading up until then. He was just kind of a hero because he was a hero. So you do and agree with Ken and Vance? No, because I think it's good storytelling. I think that, you know, like I said what I said, but <laughs> I think Miles has already gone through that so many times where he has done the right thing. He has been responsible in the right way so many times, and he's already had people in his life die not necessarily because he wasn't but because he wasn't ready yet and yeah i mean he so, lost he lost his uncle and the original peter like yeah i feel like people forget that he went through both of those in one movie yeah in like two days <laughs> yeah like, basically in two quick. days right <laughs> like he he lost a, a lot that meant him especially because they portrayed his uh his uncle's like the coolest guy in his life you know everybody has that like person in your family you look up to that you think is mad cool you know and like to Mm -hmm. have that person not only you find out that that person isn't nearly as good of a person as you thought they were but then you have to also see them die before you can like try to help them and give them redemption and you know it's it's not your fault but it's your fault that he's dying it's like yeah bro you got it's very easy to feel that way like you failed him and I think, the, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying, he, he had to eat that already. It's like, it's it's good. We're done. You don't need any more pain, dude. Yeah, and I think that he showed a responsibility that Tom Holland Spider-Man didn't in the at the climax of that movie, where, if you guys remember, Peter B. Parker does, like, this move where he sweeps his legs, sweeps Miles' legs before um, webbing him up to go leave and do the reactor mission. And then when Peter B is like, yo, I have to do this. Miles is like, no. And he does the same thing back to him. He sweeps his legs. And he's like, yo, you got to go home. Like, that was his responsible moment where it's like, this is my, I, this is my world. And I don't need anybody else cleaning up my mess or the mess that was left here for me. I made a promise. I'm going to fulfill my promise. Yeah, and I didn't I ask for this power, but I'm going to be responsible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be responsible with it, and I'm going to do the right thing, and I'm not going to ask for anybody else to bail me out <laughs> the way that Tom Holland got bailed out so many times. Like, even the... I like Far From Home. I like all those movies, by the way. It just doesn't feel like Tom Holland has that thing that makes Peter Parker feel like Spider-Man. And it manifested itself in a bunch of different ways that I think got somewhat resolved but you know i'm not the biggest fan of yeah. uh far from home but yeah I, I that's like a, another movies. discussion i think that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah i think tom is like a great spider-man but i i 
I can see the argument that like he didn't have to deal with all of the same problems that Spider-Man does, which is like, unfortunately, it's part of them trying to bend him into being into the Marvel Universe after like so much of it is established because we didn't get his introduction until Civil War, which is like there's like four movies left after that shit. Right. Like there's not a huge (laughs) amount of movies left for him to like you know be involved in this universe so it's kind of like a it's kind of a weird situation i also think they wanted to give mm-hmm. uh tony stark a like true dad moment where like you know obviously they had plans for him in endgame but there's something kind of beautiful about tony having a person that he cares about that's not uh tied to his life in a way that tony started right like Peter and that he doesn't have to he doesn't have to take care of peter you know right exactly but he, like, does. he could drop him he could totally drop yeah. him and he decides like this guy i'm gonna take care of i brought him into the and i think part of it is he feels guilty about the civil war shit because he brought him in to help him get captain america and then he had to be like fuck maybe that wasn't the best thing that i could have done now i've brought this kid into this drama i have to protect him yeah and that, i think that was like the first thing he said once he jumped off of uh in the in game to cap he was like i lost a kid yeah he didn't that say I, I lost the fight he said i lost a kid like, yeah that was the only thing he cared most, about he was the most sad about that like everything mm-hmm. that hurt him was that he lost spider-man and it was very clear that he was like that that's my son now like it's my fault he's here he wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for me this is my fault exactly Oh, last thing. I I know I keep bringing up the first movie is because I literally just stopped watching it before I got on. That movie is... Both of these movies are super hip-hop influenced, but that one is, like, super, super hip-hop. Because, like, Miles, he does all... Not all the shit, but, like, he does graffiti. He has, like, all his music. You can do with that. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. And... This one, I think it's just because it's less from the perspective of Miles and it doesn't take his place as much in Brooklyn where uh, Miles does most of his stuff. But, like, dog, even, like, when Aaron, Uncle Aaron has all these different songs playing and all this different uh, just culture in the in his apartment and where he takes Miles in the subway to do his um, graffiti and stuff. But that was just one thing that I noticed was this one is a lot less hip hop because it's a lot less of a focused mile story, but I'm not mad at it. It was just an interesting uh, juxtaposition. Yeah. I, I do think a big part of that is like the first movie is definitely like the uh, blackity black, right? Which is awesome. I, I <laughs> love that. Love that. <laughs> Look at you say blackity black. It's blackity black, bro. Yo. It's blackity black, bro. Like it's shameless it about, good. it's shameless about the fact that like, that Miles movie, is a black character. That Miles is a black character. That like the influence on Miles is hip hop, is black culture. Like everything about that movie, it it's shameless, right? It's in your face. About World it. War Jordan one like in the movie, be. like the whole yeah. movie he wore. Oh, well, that... And he's got he's got custom fucking J ones in the second movie, which are so sick, <laughs> so fucking sick, bro. But um, but like I think that because this this next movie opened with Gwen, they, they kind of kept that concept of like, like really, like you said before, this is Gwen's movie and you can really tell by the choices they make in the music, by the choices they make in the scenery, um, like kind of the way the scenes evolve in general, there's no real point until the very end that the movie becomes about Miles. Even when 
even when they have the moment where they introduce Miles to uh, Miguel and it kind of feels like we're back on Miles, you're really watching Gwen. Like, Gwen is in almost every scene of that where you can see her in the background reacting to everything. She's the char- like the character that's focused on, and that's why the movie has a different tone to it, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's um, cool because I think that means the next movie is probably going to be back to being very, very, um, uh, like miles focused. Miles focused, yeah. And I think we're going to open up in Earth Forty Two, which uh, I, I was going to say that reminds me. Oh yeah, we uh, didn't talk about Forty Two Miles. Yeah. So one, Forty Two Miles, so fucking sick. But two, um, I love that in the sequence when they went to Earth Forty Two. They showed you this movie doesn't pull any gotchas, which I love. I hate when a movie just yeah. like kind of throws something out of nowhere and you're just like, this doesn't make sense. You didn't give me any build up to this. What is happening here? This movie gives you every clue you need to understand where the next part of the story is. When they show him uh, get checked to figure out where they're going to send him, it shows the 42 on the screen, like blunt in your face 42. And like, I didn't even I, notice that. Yeah, it's right there. Like, because uh, you know they have that little panel that he looks into mm-hmm. it tells you they show it in the beginning when they're sending that dude back uh i can't remember who they send i think rhino it was like rhino it was the yeah. rhino but yeah. did they ever say that miles's earth was 1610 before that yes yeah they so when they show miles um when they introduce miles the first time it shows earth 1610 like mm. right in the front just like when they show mabatten when they show fucking uh what's her face uh gwen's place all that stuff every time you go into a new world they show you the earth whatever right so mm-hmm. when they show um miles they show the 1610 at the very beginning but then they show on that little screen they show where they send rhino and they show the number like you see it that's how you know they get there so when miles looks at it it shows the number for like two seconds it says 42 right there like blunt bold letters 42 and i saw it and my fiance was sitting next to me and i was like he's going to the wrong place like the minute i saw it i was like they're gonna send him to earth 42 that sucks and she was like what it's like he's going to the wrong place <laughs> and so we're, we're watching it play out and they get to the part where he reveals that he's spider-man and his mom doesn't react at all i was like he's in the wrong fucking place i told you like he's in the wrong place that's why his mom didn't react she doesn't think this is weird like she just thinks yeah he's silly See, i caught on before that i caught on when Gwen was in his world and it's raining and it's not raining in his, in the world he's actually in. Yeah, they, they, and they, then they, also when he puts on his jacket, it was purple instead of red. Right. They give you all the little clues, but it's so crazy that they show you like straight up on that little panel that it says 42 when he's going there. Yeah, they're not and really trying like, to trick you. Yeah, there's no tricking. Everything is like, this makes sense because of this. And I love that about these movies because most movies don't do that. Like, I love Marvel, but Marvel's the king of doing gotcha bullshit where they just, like, introduce something that doesn't make sense that breaks the logic of whatever's happening so that the heroes can win. This movie does not do that. They show you every little thing that's going to go wrong. They show you every piece of it so that you know this is why this is happening. Even Spot, when they show Spot get stuck in himself, then he explains like how he's able to get out because he starts researching. He realizes he's in like the multiverse and he can create these portals and he has more control than he thinks he does. Like they give you every little arc you need to know nothing bullshit is about to happen. It is all going to be set out. We're going to give you every hint you need. All of the storytelling is going to be top notch. That shit is impressive. You know, hungry is funny. 
I noticed that it wasn't raining where he was and it was raining in 1610, mm-hmm. but it didn't. I was like, huh, that's a weird choice. It didn't really dawn on me that um, that Miles was in the wrong universe until his mom came in and didn't say anything about the dad because uh, what's dad's name? Jefferson. Jeff Davis. Yeah. He was tripping. He was tripping worse than the mom was, really, in terms of, like, where is he? The last time we talked, it wasn't, like, really what I wanted. Like, this isn't, you know? And they had a moment like that before, too, where he went to his door in the first movie and Miles couldn't answer because his mouth was webbed up. Mm-hmm. But Jefferson worries about Miles in a way that Rio doesn't as much. So mm-hmm. for her to show up and not him and for him to not be there, I was like, oh, shit, he's not in the right place. But then you also got to remember, I think in Miles' universe, Jefferson was still driving home. Because I think yeah. uh, Spider-Woman was trailing him. She was. Yeah. But, like, just the longer that he didn't show up, I was like, huh, something is weird, something is weird, something is weird. Okay. See, got I it. didn't catch on to him being dead until she said, I was like, I'm taking care of you and I'm taking care of me. But she never even talked about the dad. And that's when I was like, well, something, something, something's off with She always got mad. She got mad when he was like, I wish dad was here. She mm-hmm. was like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, she gets she gets uh, noticeably angry at the mention. I was just like, bro, they, they did everything here. They really planned this shit. Yeah. Like, and I crazy. think they didn't want, like, it wasn't like a... I guess I don't like when a movie, like, has one moment where it reveals the thing to you that you couldn't... Not that you couldn't predict, but that you couldn't see coming. I don't like, like, a hard misdirect. So I think that everybody coming to this realization at different times was just a testament to how well that it was written. It's like, okay, here's a small one. Here's a one that's slightly bigger. Here's one that's slightly bigger. And it just eventually came to, you know, Uncle Aaron coming. Well, really, when they got to the rooftop, I feel like there's no way that you could not know that you're in the wrong universe at that point when yeah. um, there's the graffiti to, the, to Jefferson Davis dying. Yeah, I think, and and then they changed his name too. I don't know if you noticed, but on the graffiti it says Jefferson Morales. Oh, really? Yeah, it oh, doesn't shit. say Jefferson Davis. That's wild. That. But yeah. our sixteen ten, like a Captain Morales or whatever, Captain whatever Morales. he was at the time. Yeah. But our Jefferson or Miles, like normal Miles, was Jefferson is Davis, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, because I just like, know that. Reason, that's comic knowledge. Yeah, and from comic knowledge, the reason they didn't. Like he doesn't have his dad's name is because they didn't want the first black like Spider Man to be named Miles Davis. Miles Davis, too yeah, because on the nose. Uh, I love uh, Bendis, the writer of Ultimate Spider Man, but man, he is not the greatest at. I mean, he's just an old white dude. He's bad at writing black characters. <laughs> uh, so he wrote Peter super well. I think he's a Jewish dude. He wrote like. If you read Ultimate Spider Man, there's so much many like Jewish jokes that Peter makes throughout the series until he dies but dog he wrote miles like a piece of bread like a soggy piece of white bread just because he didn't know how in the in this movie there's a joke about peter being jewish right i'm not crazy yeah 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 i yeah. think okay. so when they make fun of peter and every b. peter Martin, is right? played by a jewish dude yeah they're yeah, making fun yeah. of peter b yeah they make fun of peter b and they imply that he's jewish and i was like we're really sticking to this thing huh all right cool, <laughs> cool. i flex with it i think it's a reference to 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 ultimate spider-man's creator well since we're talking about why don't we talk about uh, easter eggs because there was a lot of them bro yeah uh, <laughs> you know my favorite easter egg that i saw today 
um, when they pull up, there's like they're in the spider like lobby or whatever, mm-hmm. and the car pulls up, and there's a couple other Spider Men that pull up, and they all have labels. And Lego Spider Man is sitting like on top of the windshield of the car, and you can't really see him, but you can see like Spider Man Earth, blah 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 blah, and he's just sitting up there. That was hilarious because I didn't think he showed up again, but he did. Uh, what's another Easter egg y'all liked? Uh, I like the Donald Glover one, obviously. Um, of course. I really like that you can hear the original Jay Jameson's voice in like every voiceover <laughs> that has mm-hmm. Jay Jameson in it. I fucks with that. I love that. J.K. Simmons, that man's a fucking beast. Yeah, does anybody know oh, yeah. those were J.K. Simmons? Yeah, those are all J.K. Yeah, Simmons. They were all J.K. Simmons. Good, good. Yeah. And, and then, then there, was, um, there was, what is it? I think Alfred Molina had one when he was running through the holograms. It yeah. was like uh something, Peter. Uh, you look good, Peter, or something like that. I can't remember the line. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, he did say that. He did say that. But my favorite one that. is the, like the the one Spider Man that was like practicing in that uh, in the arena, doing like the whole like every Spider Man seems to do like their Jesus moment. Yeah. And so he's in there just practicing. There, everybody just runs over top of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like. It the... was in the preview, but the. The therapist one, where he's like, "Oh, let me guess, God, your bro. uncle died." That should make me laugh still. Yeah. I like. Uh, I love the. Speaking of the Lego Spider Man, I love that the person who did that is the fourteen-year-old that did the trailer. Oh, from, son, from when like, I found that out, I was mind blown, bro. A fourteen-year-old did that shit, bro. That and the fact that he got that job off of doing the trailer pr- for the previous movie, he recreated the trailer. Um, that's how he got that spot, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's crazy he's 14 bro like who knows God, who i've never been so proud of somebody bro bro for real i've never like, been so proud of somebody kid, i don't but know I love this kid dude like i'm so proud of him he needs a whole fucking lego spider-man now you better shit, they might make that, make that bro. <laughs> you never know they better i like the uh i need them to like pop into lego universe again in the next mm-hmm. one yeah i need it i need them to pop into fucking the video game universe for sure yes like, which one i the There's Insomniac. like three they dropped in here. Yeah, yeah but the Insomniac big one is they game. dropped Insomniacs as they made fun of video games, and you see him in the background just like, hey, what's up? Like, which me? Me? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> like, hey. I love it. Oh, that shit was hilarious. You know another Easter egg? Uh, Genki is in the room, and he, it looks like he's playing Spider-Man PS4. He's playing the new one. Yeah. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's playing that. That's one. hard, bro. I like that. I, like that. <laughs> I mean, he and even had that. What is it? I'm not, I'm, not your, I'm not your guy in the chair, which is a Ned. That, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not to Ned. <laughs> Ned and Genki is Miles's guy in the chair in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a lot. He, he, really, he's just Ned. He's chubby and he does tech stuff. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, yo, I'm not that. Chill out. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of another Easter egg. Uh, the one that I like that's kind of like stupid movie nerdy is the the intro scene when they do the uh sony sony pictures animation plate and it has the like uh now cough uh gag i don't know if you know about this gag but there's a an original audio mix uh i can't remember what the movie is but there's an original audio mix where one of the producers like coughs and you can hear it in the audio and ever since then they put it in every single movie that that producer works on and they put it in the (laughs) spider-man movie at the beginning but they put like a little stamp that says now cough and it's so good yeah, that's hilarious. hilarious. It's like a tiny little thing at the very title. So if you guys go watch it again, like when you're watching the intro and they do the Sony animations thing, you'll see like a little stamp that says like cough and like with an exclamation <laughs> part. It's so funny. That's crazy. That is hilarious. 
Uh, yeah, I don't. It's funny. I have all these Easter eggs like in my head that I've seen, and none of them are coming to me now. This time to it's like performance anxiety. I heard like most of the Spider Man, well, a few of them were like just made up for the movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, for some, sure. some yeah. of them are just crazy. Yeah, but then um, I also saw like a screenshot of like I think there was the Spider Man popsicle swinging in trying to catch a, a Miles, <laughs> I swear that's which is I swear hilarious that's if that's true. Yeah, I have not seen <laughs> that's that. gotta be fake. I like the, uh, <laughs> if it's not. <laughs> That would be hilarious if it's true, bro. I love oh the reference to Tom Holland Spider Man in the like secret room stuff. Like, oh yeah, to the room at the campus, and you know his guy in the chair is like, "I'm not your guy in the chair." Like <laughs> the whole time, yeah. like I won't do that for you. Sorry, I love it. <laughs> I love it. He's just like, "No, we're not friends," and I'm not doing that. Oh, another funny thing was that um, the spectacular Spider Man. Instead of holding uh, Captain Stacy, he's holding a mattress. <laughs> and, oh, oh, I didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah, he's holding a mattress. And the the idea is that they were never, like the people who made Spectacular Spider-Man, they never intended for Captain Stacy to die or for Gwen to die. Um, you guys know that shit got ended early because um, of, I think it was Disney acquiring Marvel. I can't remember exactly why ended early but yeah they never intended for those characters to die so he doesn't really have canon events so they just gave him a mattress that's fire dude that's hilarious that's so fire <laughs> like he he's going through it and he didn't even have to like he's going through all this pain and, yeah. <laughs> and people are still alive but i just think yeah. it's how a mattress is even funnier <laughs> so good, dude. i yeah. love the um I love the Spider Woman when she's pregnant, and they like make such a big deal about it because that's a run of comics where she's pregnant. She's like a single. Yeah, it's fire. There's there's a lot like the obvious one that everybody I'm sure noticed, but the spider the Spider Man pointing meme, hilarious, bro. We got a Spider Man, huh? (laughs) Like that shit was so good. I knew it was coming. (laughs) I knew it was coming. Like I felt it right when he said that. I was like, they're about to do the fucking Spider Man meme. But then when you see, I think they showed it. it. I think it's in the trailer. Yeah, 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 it's in one of the trailers, but it was still funny. I was like, it's so good. That shit lands. It was like. I felt like that could have been like cheesy, corny, and a wrong, and like a annoying way almost. Like, hey, look at us, we know the meme, but it was just funny. Yeah, so it was perfect. I super and enjoyed that. <laughs> I think it was perfect because everybody bought into it, right? Like, you don't see yeah. just like two of them do it. It's like immediately the entire floor goes, <laughs> "You, <laughs> like, what? you, you meet me, what? Who? <laughs> <laughs> so good, bro. So ridiculous. Fuck, bro. Oh, oh man. God. Or like yeah. the, the spider. I already, already talked about it before. The comic, comic Spider Man, just slide oh, yeah, by. Yeah, comic Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the car and that they talk to the car like it's Spider Man. That shit was fire. Oh, spider buggy. <laughs> yeah, Spider yeah. Buggy. That shit was fire, bro. Oh, you know what my favorite thing on the internet right now is? They just pick a random Spider person and they're like, "Yo, what was their canon event?" <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the one for Spider Buggy? Hilarious, bro. Yes, bro. <laughs> His uncle Ben's and yes. his aunt, his oh aunt Maybach God, or whatever. I was <laughs> crying when I saw that crazy. shit. <laughs> uncle <laughs> Ben's? Oh, shit. <laughs> uncle Ben's killed me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there was... <laughs> Yo, somebody said, what was the dinosaurs canon event? And it was that meme of the dinosaurs getting blown back by the, <laughs> by the <laughs> meteor. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, yo, this oh, time. Shit. Do y'all know if Spider T Rex is like a made from? I think it's a thing. thing. That's a real thing. I think it's an actual I, like no real idea. thing. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a real thing, dude. Like to be oh, honest, there's God. so many dumb spider variants. That's all right. That's the last thing I guess I'll leave on is how do people get mad at spider variants when they've been around for literally forty years? Like Sauce, you were born in '89. I think I don't know why you got to keep bringing this up, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you fifty six, so like, <laughs> hold on. I'm glad but, you took me down from sixty, but goddamn. <laughs> oh my god! Like, when is the first time Ben Riley shows up? I want to say it's the late eighties. I think so. Yeah. When did the clone? When did the clone event? Because we really went nuts with spider variants during the clone event. Like that's when we really yeah. started to see them kind of. And that was the late. Early. That was the late eighties, uh, early nineties. So yeah. they've been around. The point I'm making is, it's been thirty plus years that we've had variants of Spider-Man. We've had different Spider-Verse comics before this with eighteen million different versions of Spider-Man. And so to get mad at like this concept that's been around probably longer than you've been alive. It's just weird. <laughs> Stop yeah, being weird. I think, I think, I oh, think people well, are looking for like an excuse to be mad. You know what I mean? Like the spider variants make perfect sense. It makes sense that not every world is exactly the same and thus not every Spider-Man would be exactly the same. There's no reason that they would be, right? But I yeah. think people just like I don't know. I like to me, people sometimes forget that Spider-Man is like a, one of the funnest Marvel characters. Like he was created for fun. For kids to yeah. enjoy and to be fun. That is his whole thing. He is funny all the time. He never takes anything seriously. There are like tons of collections of like silly shit that he said in super serious moments where everybody else is like, this motherfucker makes jokes during the Civil War. Like wrap your head around the fact that superheroes are fighting each other for the on the government's behalf, essentially. And Spider-Man's still out here cracking jokes. Like, what are we talking about? His world is yeah. falling apart. He's making jokes. Like, that is what he does. He copes through funny. So it only yeah. makes sense that also when you expand that to the rest of the universes, there's going to be some silly, funny shit that he gets into. My thing is, if exactly. you believe in the multiverse, if you believe in the Sp Spider-Verse, of course there's going to be multivariants. Like, I just don't understand, right. like, the hate. <laughs> yeah, and if there are infinite universes in the multiverse... There's a multiverse where literally everyone is Spider-Man. Not like every Got person it. in the universe, but every person is Spider-Man somewhere basically. in the multiverse. Yeah. Right. And so I just want to like keep that with the keep that message. Cause obviously it's super on the nose in the first one where he, he literally ends the movie saying anyone can wear the mask. Um, which is a Stan Lee quote. But yeah, I just think it's it's such a weird thing to get worked up over. Don't get worked up over it. It's fine. You'll it's be so fine. Important. Yeah, it's so important to remember that like that Stanley quote means something. Like Spider-Man is supposed to be the character that everybody can see themselves in. He's the only yeah. one that's built that way because the other characters are not built really that way. But Spider-Man is an everyman. Like anybody, can he's, see an ev he's a super everyman from his general life, the life that he leads. Again, one of my issues with Tom Holland at the time, he did not feel like an everyman. But from the life that he leads to the problems that he faces to the 
problems with the double life, like every like type of situation you could be in, every problem you could face can be reflected in that character just based off the beauty of his creation. Right. So like just keep that in mind. Like for all the people who are mad about the Spider-Man vi- variants and all that shit, just remember like there's there's an every like you exist in every universe, right? Like in this in this idea, every single person has another person that lives in that universe. It's not specific to just superheroes. And I feel like people get lost in that multiverse theory. It's not just the superheroes exist throughout the multiverse and they're the only ones. There's another you. There's another Gwen Stacy. There's another Peter Parker. There's another uh, fucking Simon. There's another me. Like, there's another yeah. fucking Hungry. We all exist in all these multiverses in different ways. That is the whole point of the multiverse. So it stands to reason that if we all exist in these different ways, so would Spider-Man. And the core concept of Spider-Man is the only thing that separates him between us. And you could be that guy, right? Like, you could be the guy to wear the mask if you had that drive in you. Yeah. If you got that uh, dog in you or that spider. Yeah, if you got that spider in you, for <laughs> real. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that was an amazing episode. Thank y'all for, first of all, thanks to the audience for tuning in. Thank y'all, Hungry and Sauce, for coming on with me. I appreciate y'all. Um, I don't know what we're going to do next, but hopefully we will have some more stuff coming out soon. And yeah, we out. Peace. We're going to talk video games again next time. I guarantee it. Yes, sir. All right.